Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. and Missoula Sports Center. From the big sky to the big time, Cooper Cup had one of the most successful weekends of anybody to ever come out of the Big Sky Conference on Super Sunday. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Cup, a former four-time first-team All-American wide receiver at Eastern Washington, once spent his time tearing up the Grizz, the Bobcats, and the rest of the Big Sky. And on Sunday, Cup capped arguably the greatest single season by a wide receiver in the history of professional football. The six-foot-two, 208-pounder from Yakima caught eight passes for 92 yards and two touchdowns on the way to earning Super Bowl MVP honors. Cup caught four passes, including the go-ahead touchdown with less than a minute to play to help lift the Los Angeles Rams to a 23-20 win over the Cincinnati Bengals in Super Bowl 56. Cup's final totals for the season include astounding numbers. 21 games, including the playoffs. Cup notched 178 catches, 2,425 yards, and 22 touchdowns, winning the regular season receiving triple crown and earning unanimous first-team All-Pro honors. He caught an NFL postseason record 33 balls during the playoffs, was the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and capped his fifth season in the league with Super Bowl MVP honors. And finally, in Big Sky Women's Hoops action, the Lady Grizz fell 63-57 at Eastern Washington on Monday in a makeup game from earlier this season. EWU led for the duration of the game in Cheney on the way to its fourth Big Sky win this season. Loss drops the Lady Grizz to 7-6 in league play. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
anybody is out there listening from Logjam, the excellent music promotion company that brings a lot of the uh, awesome live music to Missoula, Alanya, I'm talking to you, my good friend, who used to work here at the Trail 103.3, which, by the way, if you're ever scaling the radio in Missoula, just kick it one notch up. Go listen to some sweet rock on the trail. The trail is the best station going if you're not listening to your favorite local sports talk show. But if anybody out there from Log Jam's listening, give me some Queens of the Stone Age. I know that would be a hit in Missoula. That thing's, I mean, at this point, the Missoula scene is so popping that everything's going to sell out. So there's not really any worry, but... That would be a well-received concert, I promise. Incubus was a huge hit here. They're sort of same vein. Foo Fighters have come to Montana before, so Dave Grohl is definitely familiar with the Treasure State. But I want some Queens of the Stone Age. I feel like that it's been a little while since they have cut an album, but I know that they still tour from time to time. So, you know, I don't think it's outside the scope of, of capacity for them to land in the Garden City. I mean, hell, it's one of the coolest towns in America. So, I mean, it's not like crazy for anybody to come here. (laughs) I mean, if the Rolling Stones and Paul McCartney and Elton John come here, I think that everybody's on the table. But uh, would really love to see some Queens of the Stone Age. Definitely my favorite iteration of Dave Grohl's talent. I I like Nirvana. I like the Foo Fighters, but I love some Queens of the Stone Age. So if that could possibly happen, it would make my dreams come true. Just Just a little request for the great folks down there at Log Jam. ESPN Radio, Nuanas Now. It's Wing It Wednesday. Super style. Text us right now, 406-888-1029. Text number two. We got 10 wings of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, which we'll have every 10 minutes of every Wednesday show here in the month of February to help us celebrate our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Missoula. Crazy it's been that long. Couldn't have done it without all of you. So we want to reward as many as as we can. 10 wings every 10 minutes. Text us right now. 406-888-1029. Wanted to have a little Super Bowl redux with uh, Junior Adams, an All-American receiver at Montana State who's then risen through the coaching ranks and had stops at a variety of different schools, including Boise State, Washington, and now Oregon. But he got his coaching career really kicked into overdrive when he was the wide receivers coach at Eastern Washington. And when he famously recruited and developed an undersized kid out of A.C. Davis High School in Yakima, who now is the Super Bowl MVP. That's Cooper Cup for those keeping track. I remember when I first interviewed Junior about Cooper Cup, and uh, he was saying that he had all the potential in the world and then some, and that's been fulfilled. So it's been very fun for Cooper Cup to affirm that to the rest of the world outside the Big Sky Conference world. But Junior was caught up with some stuff today, so we'll effort him. A little later on, I would love to catch up with him in some form or fashion, whether it's for a podcast, if, if uh, the timing of this thing doesn't work, or um, whether it's here on Nuanas Now. So we'll circle back around to it. I know I teased that yesterday, and uh, we got some inquiries on who it might be because I was sort of vague about it. But uh, that's the plan. We'll get around to it when we can. But now the Super Bowl was multiple days ago. So that means on to the next Let's talk 2022 NFL. Let's talk our way around the NFL. We're just going to talk about a whole variety of different teams here uh, in the NFL. But we will start with the Los Angeles Rams, the recently anointed Super Bowl champions. 
I think it's a phenomenal story. It's the feel good stories are sort of elusive for the big market teams because you often think, well, you know, that team's in LA. That team plays in a $5.5 billion stadium. That team can get any and all of the free agents that it wants. And all those things are true. But I do think the the element of of the rising star young coach who then hit a wall and lost in the Super Bowl and then rebuilds it so fast he gets his team back and and wins the Super Bowl like Sean McVay to the underdog story of Cooper Cup to the redemption story of Matt Stafford, a former number one pick that was basically sent to NFL jail by having to play for the Detroit Lions for more than a decade before he got traded to L.A. to the fact that you have, I think in my opinion, the unquestioned best player in the NFL and Aaron Donald, not only leading his team to a Super Bowl, but having arguably the, the only other performance that rivaled Cups in, in the scope of the game in Aaron Donald. All of those are great stories. Von Miller getting one last run. Eric Weddle signed off the streets, contributing to a Super Bowl champion. Odell Beckham, despite all of his uh, turmoil and then the fact that he did get hurt, he still got himself a ring now too. And on and on and on and on. That said, as we know, the only thing harder than winning a championship, especially in the NFL, is winning two. And there's always the talk of, well, look at how many guys they got coming back. Look at how young this player is. Look how young that quarterback is. It's never that easy. Who would have ever expected when Brett Favre won a Super Bowl when he was in his mid-20s that he wouldn't win another one? Who would have ever expected that Aaron Rodgers would have not been to the Super Bowl one time in more than a decade after winning one uh, in just a couple years into his career as a starter in Green Bay? Who, I mean, who? this is a question that Patrick Mahomes will have to face now. He won one so early. What's he going to do for an encore? Well, there's a real world in which he wins a handful of rings. There's also a real world in which he never wins another one. And I think the, the latter is more likely, just in terms of probability, than the former. All that said, though, it's going to be fascinating to see where the Rams go because uh, being in a huge market, being in one of the largest media markets in the country and the world, that comes with tons of scrutiny. It comes with tons of exposure. It comes with a huge spotlight. So where do the Rams go next? So bring in our producer, Andrew Houghton, uh, here at ESPN Missoula, as well as a contributing writer at SkylineSportsMT.com. And so, uh, Andrew, sometimes we see teams get to the Super Bowl, fall short, and that be the galvanization point for them to get back. Sometimes we see teams make it and fall off. Last year to this year, the Bucks were basically the only Super Bowl champ we've ever really seen that just straight ran it back, who brought everybody back and, and had everybody back in the fold. And they fall short, losing to the Rams, who then eventually win the Super Bowl. But what do you think of just the dynamic, especially because this team's going to be so scrutinized, right? They're going to have such a huge spotlight on them being in L.A. So where are we at with the Rams? Like, I guess what I'm asking is, should the Rams be the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl next year or not? No, I don't think so. Uh, that's a good way to phrase the question, though. I think for a couple reasons. I mean, first of all, we got to make sure they're having everybody back here. I know there was some speculation about Aaron Donald retiring. It seems now like he'll be back. There's been a ton of speculation about Sean McVay maybe going for the broadcasting booth. You got to sort that stuff out. But also, Coulter, I mean, the NFL is the ultimate, you know, one-year league. In the NBA, I mean, you if you've got your guys, you can retool the depth around them every year, bring them back. Same thing in the MLB. If you got your guys locked down to big contracts, you can retool around them. Bring everybody back, make another run. The NFL, though, because the, the hard salary cap, it's so, so tough. And it's going to be really difficult for them to bring 
You know, they can bring the big names back if they want, but it's so, so tough to bring that depth back every year. That's right. And so much of it is this contract status and how many, I guess, how much of the piece of the pie you want to use on each pivotal player. I do think that the Rams have an advantage in terms of the cap. That's sort of, it's a similar dynamic to what teams that have quarterbacks on their rookie contract has, but it's that Matt Stafford already signed his two big contracts. He's going to be well paid after leading the Rams to the title for sure, but he already got his $100 million deal. He already got all the guaranteed money. So now that he's in the latter half of his career and he's 34 years old, you don't have to pay him quite as much if if he can sustain some modicum of health. You also got Cup signed up. I mean, the thing is, Cooper Cup had a, a tremendous year before he got hurt, and he had a 1,000-yard season. He had 10 touchdowns, and he signed a big contract then, which was big at the time for being a third-round draft pick and all that. If Cup would have been going into a contract year this year, he'd be the highest-paid receiver in the history of the NFL. They don't have to waste money on that. But then you also, I mean, the Rams just won this game and went on this playoff run without Robert Woods, one of their pivotal offensive players, with Odell Beckham going down in the first half. Tyler Higby, their tight end, was banged up and didn't play much in this. So they do have some other offensive weapons to add to the arsenal. But more than anything, I think the linchpin of this whole thing is Aaron Donald. How long does he want to play? If he decides to play through the end of this contract and then wants another one, what's that going to be worth? Because he's already broke the mold once. But more than anything, I think this is all going to come down to how does the man at the top and then how does that trickle down handle all the scrutiny? Because when you're in L.A., if you're pretty like Sean McVay and you're in L.A., now all of a sudden you're not just getting covered by ESPN and Sports Illustrated and, and NBC Sports and things like that. You're getting covered by TMZ. You're getting covered by People Magazine. I believe Sean McVay is engaged to be married. Regardless if he has any unsavior behavior or not, which I don't think he does. I think he's a great guy, and I think he's you know clean living, whatever. But that's a massive distraction. So how do they handle all that, right? Like Aaron Donald is undoubtedly going to be on so many more commercials. Like Cooper Cup, people are going to be pitching him. Can we do a reality TV show about you and your great wife? Like there's just so many other things that go with it than that don't really occur if you're the Cleveland Browns or the Cincinnati Bengals. No doubt. I actually think they're in a pretty good place with that though, because the guys that you just mentioned. I mean, Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup, uh, you know, a guy like Andrew Whitworth, they're not the kind of guys who are going to be out. They'll, they'll do commercials and they'll be in the news, right. but they're also not going to be at the nightclubs sure. until 2 a.m., you know, right. stuff like that. And that's where it really gets magnified, and that's where you really go on TMZ. So I think there there is the potential for some of that, but I also think this team is better set, of, set up to handle some of that coming back. And I don't want it to sound like I'm down on the Rams next year. Sure. I think they're solidly still a contender. You know, certainly if Aaron Donald comes back and Sean McVay comes back, I would have them, you know, right in that second tier of contenders because there are still a lot of questions. One of the guys I just mentioned, Andrew Whitworth, one of the oldest players in the NFL in history, he was their starting left tackle this year. Yes. Von Miller, and you talked all postseason about how great it was for Von Miller to just come out of the bullpen and, you know, throw 15 or 20 pitches or, or play limited snaps and go full go and how important that was for them. Is he at the same level? And also, I know we talk a lot about Cooper Cup, man. 
Cooper Cup's not having that season again. Well, that's exactly right. I, I, I wanted to emphasize this when we were talking about him uh, earlier this week. My brother, who, Brooks Nuanez, who joins us most weeks here, he's he's been running around crazy with his other job, so I don't know if he's going to be back this week. But he and I were hanging out last Friday, or I guess it was Saturday, and uh, he said something so wise to me. We were talking about his five-year-old son. We were bowling. We were talking about his five-year-old son. And I was like, man, I can't wait till Ellis can do this. And, and he said, me neither, except for one of the things I've been really concentrating on is not wishing time away. Because it's one thing we do as humans so often. We wish time away. I can't wait till this. I can't wait till this happens. Instead of just enjoying what's happening right now. That's the thing. All the prognosticators and pundits are going to sit here and say, What's next for Cooper Cup? What does Cooper Cup need to do to become a Hall of Famer? Could Cooper Cup replicate what he's already done? No, he can't. He can't. But that's not it. It's not about that. He just had the greatest NFL receiving season ever. Ever, ever, ever. It's not, I don't even think it's close. Jerry Rice had some phenomenal years, and the year that Jerry Rice cashed 20 plus touchdowns in a strike shortened 12 game season, it stands alone just in how unique the season was. But Cooper Cup had over 120 first downs, let alone 178 catches for almost 2,500 yards. He caught not only the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, but four other passes and drew a crucial pass interference penalty. Controversial, I know. But he was the only person that they were giving the ball on a two-minute drill in the Super Bowl. That's unprecedented. It's unheard of. Will he ever do it again? No. But that's not what it is. Like when we hear next year, Oh, man, Cooper Cup fell off. That's hurt the Rams so much. Of course he fell off. You can't have the best year ever and have it be the best year ever if it was easy to replicate and and top. It's not happening. No, it's not. But I love that thing that, that Brooks said about just, you know, not waiting for, for things to happen and, and wishing on that. And I think that leads us, actually, Coulter, to the other team in this Super Bowl. Exactly. And that's what's so crazy because I actually think the Cincinnati Bengals stand alone in the recent history of the NFL in the fact that they just won the AFC Championship against all odds. I truly thought the Bengals were going to finish last in their division, let alone make the playoffs. And it's not as if they had some world-beating season. In fact, they had one of the most mercurial seasons in the entire National Football League. You look at their, their start. I, I watched them the very first game of the year. They beat the Vikings on a game-winning field goal because, of course, they did. Then they lay a stinker against the Bears and lose. They trounced the Steelers, but that's before we knew the Steelers were bad. They had to hit a game-winning field goal against the Jags when we knew the Jags were bad. They lost on a game-winning field goal to the Packers. They blow out Detroit, and then they get rolling for a minute. They smack the Ravens, one of the most surprising early-season wins in the NFL. Well, then the next week they turn around and they lose to the New York Jets. And then the following week, they get destroyed by a Browns team that finished under 500. And so it was just up and down, up and down. A three and a half touchdown loss to the Chargers, losing by a field goal to the Niners, squeaking out a win over the Broncos. And they didn't, and then they lost the regular season finale to the Browns and needed help to even get in the playoffs. But then they go and they beat the Raiders, who are still tired after their four-day-long game on Sunday Night Football, and then they get to the number one seed, the Titans. They knock them out. Then they do the most unlikely thing, and they win at Arrowhead. That's all to say, though, they caught lightning in a bottle and rode one of the great hot streaks the NFL has seen. Yet, if you were doing like an NFL power rankings before the playoff run, the Bengals were like a fringe top-ten team, and they won the AFC. That, I think, though, 
actually is so beneficial for them. Because the Bengals, it's not who are we going to keep and how are we going to build it around them. They know what they got because their core of offensive guys are so young, and they know exactly what they need to fix, too. They're the first team ever to go to the Super Bowl that has a terrible offensive line. They're god-awful on the offensive line. They gave up seven sacks on Sunday. So I actually think that they have a chance to improve tremendously, but I think even if they do improve tremendously, they're still not the favorite in the AFC, even though they're the defending AFC champions. No doubt, and that always falls into the fallacy, Coulter. Progression is not always linear. You don't always see these young teams improve. They don't always get better year to year. There are things that happen. I mean, development goes backwards or somebody gets hurt. That's why teams like the Bengals that are in the place that they are are so fascinating to me. I've been trying to think of recent examples. Something like the best one that I've seen recently, the Phoenix Suns this year. I think you would argue that they were a little bit ahead of schedule. Yes. Making it to the finals last year. And I don't think if you'd asked anybody before the playoffs last year, if the Suns were going to be in the finals, I don't think anybody would have said that. They made it, lost, Supposed to improve, and they actually have, but that's rarer than you think. ESPN Roundtable, we do this during the 5 o'clock hour each Wednesday, as well as during the noon hour, you can hear it again each Thursday here on ESPN Radio. Listen to Nuanas now, the ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls. Down at Paradise Falls today, was a great time, always seeing all the folks down there. But Paradise Falls, they got it all going on. They're like your one-stop shop for everything. They got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a great place for you and your family. It's a great place for you and your friends. It's a great place for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It's a great place to go have some cocktails after work, place your sports bets, all the above. Paradise Falls, your go-to spot on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. All right, so we agree that the, the dynamic is pretty consistent. Making the Super Bowl means that it's very unlikely you're going to make the Super Bowl again. (laughs) That's sort of a tried-and-true formula in the NFL. Even the Patriots, who were the dynasty of the 21st century, they made it to -to back-to-back Super Bowls several times, but they only ever went back-to-back once, and we haven't seen three Super Bowl championships in a row ever, right? I don't think a team has ever won three in a row, and I think there's only been seven teams that ever even repeated, and you're talking about the Steelers twice in the 70s, the Niners, uh, in the 80s, the Cowboys in the early 90s. The Patriots only did it once, even though they won. Count them up, what, five Super Bowl titles with Tom Brady? So it's very, very hard to have it. Usually the the common thread, even if, if you have these great cores, is like what the Niners have had going on. You make it, and then you have a down year, and then you're competitive again, and you start pushing for it again. The Rams are actually kind of a good example of that as well. And, and a text in from a loyal listener referencing Dan Marino. And then Marty Bornewig and I talked about this earlier as well. You know, you make it year two if you're Marino, and, and then everybody's talking about you as the golden boy, and then all of a sudden you're the golden man, and then all of a sudden you're the old man, and then all of a sudden you're one of the most decorated individual quarterbacks in the history of the league, yet you haven't made it back to the Super Bowl ever. So sometimes the pressure weighs upon you. But the question then is, if you were handicapping this thing, Who do you think the betting favorites should be next year in both the AFC and the NFC? I have a couple teams I think are in the mix, but what what do you think? Well, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are certainly going to be up there again as they're going to be every year until we see Patrick Mahomes' level slip a little bit. 
I think right up with them, though, are going to be the Buffalo Bills, and those teams are going to be linked. The Bills are the Bills are my AFC favorite for sure. I think I think it's going to be those two in the AFC, and then you know maybe a tier below them, a team like the Tennessee Titans, team like the Patriots. Maybe I know the Patriots had a good year, and then some of those AFC North teams. NFC is a little tougher because of the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. Which I think it's so classic that Ryan Tutel, our former co-host, who's the biggest Packer fan I know besides our wonderful owner here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, our owner, who's from Wisconsin, wants nothing more than Aaron Rodgers to be out in Green Bay. Ryan truly thinks that Aaron Rodgers is great and wants him to stay in Green Bay forever. I think it's so funny that there's that polarization for Packers fans. But you're right. If Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, Green Bay's in the mix for sure. Beyond them, I think it's a little bit more difficult in the NFC, and I think the Rams might be up there. I would have them below the Bills and the Chiefs, maybe in the overall league picture. But if you're looking at just the NFC, I think the Rams have to be up there. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys. There's some uncertainty, of course, in San Francisco. But if Trey Lance comes out looking good this year, or or if they go get somebody, or if they go get somebody and sort that out, I think they should be right up there. So I think there, there's sort of a tier of clear favorites at the AFC, and then in the NFC, it, it might be the Rams at the top, but then there's a lot of uncertainty in there. ESPN Roundtable, presented proudly by Paradise Falls of Missoula. I want to keep having this conversation, but we also are on a live radio show in which we have to take a couple more breaks so that we can, you know, keep the lights on around here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a step outside the ESPN Roundtable. We're not going to take a break quite yet. And then we're going to come back and continue talking about the NFL. But one thing I wanted to talk about, so ESPN Roundtable, upcoming, but we still have wings for you. So text us right now, 10 Wings of Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, every 10 minutes. Text us right now, 406-888-1029. And you will be the latest winner of 10 Wings every 10 minutes as part of our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Missoula. But I want to I talk a little bit about prep sports. So let's dive into it. It's our Preps Extra, presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmer State Bank's doing something awesome for high school kids around the state of Montana, high school seniors. They have 10 $10,000 scholarships. That's right, 10 $10,000 scholarships, $100,000 to current Montana seniors in high school. To enter, you can visit FarmersEbank.com. That's FarmersEbank.com. But act now because... The deadline is March 15th, so it's coming right around the corner about one month from yesterday. So act now, do that. We got a text. Speaking of uh, listener texts, we got a text on Monday asking for a little bit of history on the Gold Goat. So I was down at Dahlberg Arena Friday night watching Hellgate and Sentinel battle in girls and boys basketball. Doubleheader down there at Dahlberg Arena. Very fun. The Golden Goat is actually a competition of spirit, of school spirit. So the basketball games are the centerpiece of the entertainment, but there's all sorts of exterior entertainment as well. Uh, Each school between Hellgate and Sentinel, which, by the way, I'm not going to derail this positive conversation by asking why Big Sky gets left out in the dark. That's a different conversation for a different day. I'm a Big Sky alum, so I don't know why Big Sky can't get in the mix here. I think that'd be fun. Have a little triangular. Regardless... It's very cool. It was, I had I had the greatest time on Friday night. I thought it was so fun watching all the kids and just the joy that they had and the enthusiasm. But the Golden Goat is actually a battle of school spirit. So each Hellgate and Sentinel pick themes that they are going to use um, for their, um, I guess, 
ambiance for the entire evening. And so there's a little pregame with some um, hyping it up from each side. And then the girls play. And then there's a halftime show uh, with a, a big halftime between the two schools, uh, including, you know, cheer squads and all that sort of stuff. Very fun. And then um, when the girls' game's over, a- another round of it. So this year it was, it was cool because Sentinel had like a beach party theme and they did some beach boy dances and there's the dance team and the cheer team and the bands are going out. They're playing the songs, all that sort of good stuff. And then Hellgate's theme was sort of a, a USA theme in, in honor of the Olympics. And there's judges there and the guys at ABC Fox Montana, our guy Ben Wyman, uh, Maria Anderson from Wake Up Montana and uh, Sean Rainey, our SWX Montana sports director, who, by the way, will join us tomorrow here on Nuanas Now. They they all play it up, and there's a scoring system, and at the end, they give the Golden Goat, Gertie is her, her name. This has been going since 2019. They give it to whoever has the most exuberance, whoever scores the most points based on the judging system. And so it's, it's very cool, very fun night, and I thought both schools are very great. But Hellgate won the Golden Goat this time, and uh, it, it was awesome. The other thing worth noting from a sports perspective is Hellgate beat Sentinel in boys basketball. They turned around and beat number one Helena Capital last night. And uh, the Capital Bruins were the top-ranked team in the state. Braden Cook, the, one of the top players in the state, he got sick. He didn't play Monday against Kalispell Glacier. He did play last night, but he was held to his second-lowest scoring output of the season. And Hellgate wins that game going away. So now Hellgate has won 10 out of 11. They're tied for the top spot in the Western AA. And Hellgate hosts Big Sky, an upstart Big Sky team that drilled Helena High last night. Very cool for the Eagles. And so now 7.30 Friday night at Hellgate's gym. We got a little crosstown showdown. It's always great when there's a crosstown showdown, but also it's even better when there's new teams involved. It's been Hellgate Sentinel for a little while. So the fact that Big Sky is a little bit of an upstart team, they beat Sentinel, that would be a good one, 7.30 at Hellgate's gym. I'll be there. Maybe you'll be there as well. It's Now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. That's our prep extra presented by Farmers State Bank. Ten $10,000 scholarships to apply. Visit FarmersEbank.com. More on the ESPN Roundtable. More talk about the NFL. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. From the big sky to the big time, Cooper Cup had one of the most successful weekends of anybody to ever come out of the Big Sky Conference on Super Sunday. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Cup, a former four-time first-team All-American wide receiver at Eastern Washington, once spent his time tearing up the Grizz, the Bobcats, and the rest of the Big Sky. And on Sunday, Cup capped arguably the greatest single season by a wide receiver in the history of professional football. The six-foot-two, two hundred and eight-pounder from Yakima caught eight passes for ninety-two yards and two touchdowns on the way to earning Super Bowl MVP honors. 
Cup caught four passes, including the go-ahead touchdown with less than a minute to play to help lift the Los Angeles Rams to a 23-20 win over the Cincinnati Bengals in Super Bowl 56. Cup's final totals for the season include astounding numbers. 21 games, including the playoffs. Cup notched 178 catches, 2,425 yards, and 22 touchdowns, winning the regular season receiving triple crown and earning unanimous first-team All-Pro honors. He caught an NFL postseason record 33 balls during the playoffs, was the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and capped his fifth season in the league with Super Bowl MVP honors. And finally, in Big Sky Women's Hoops action, the Lady Grizz fell 63-57 at Eastern Washington on Monday in a makeup game from earlier this season. EWU led for the duration of the game in Cheney on the way to its fourth Big Sky win this season. Lost drops the Lady Grizz to 7-6 in league play. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Oh, baby, cannot wait for Third Eye Blind at the Kennel House Amphitheater. So interesting to me. As you get older, you start to realize there's all sorts of different times in your life where things can become formative. And hopefully you live a, a, a rich enough life in, in which that there's formative moments all the time. But it's also just so striking to me as I grow older just how formative your early to mid-teenage years are and, and how much those impact your psychology and who you develop into as a person. And So I was rocking this, riding Bus 8. No, I wasn't riding Bus 8. Austin Tutel was riding Bus 8. I used to sneak onto Bus 8 to get onto the go to Tutel's house because they had better snacks. I was riding Bus 12. We were listening to this in the back. Had to love it. A little third eye blind for you. Hopefully, I'll see a bunch of you out there at the Kettle House in June. Rocking out to one of the, the best 90s bands there was. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on a Wednesday. One last time for a Wednesday here in terms of our 10th anniversary celebration. 10 wings every 10 minutes presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Keep those texts rolling. Text her number 2406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Ten wings of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill to help us celebrate our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Missoula. ESPN Roundtable rolls on. Talking all things NFL, projecting into the future, projecting some playoff favorites, Super Bowl favorites, all that sort of stuff. It's only been three days since the Super Bowl, so a lot to still be determined. But this is fun this time of year. One team I want to ask you about, Andrew Out, our producer here at ESPN Radio, joining me. One team I want to ask you about, Andrew, which I find fascinating for a variety of reasons, which we'll get to in a minute, but I'm going to ask you first before I give my commentary on it, is the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals were the last undefeated team in the NFL, yet it didn't seem like anybody outside of the state of Arizona believed in the Cardinals. Then... They sort of melted down down the stretch. They they won either seven or eight in a row to start the year. They finished with 11 wins, but then dipped out of the playoffs quick. And then there's been all this Kyler Murray drama, which 
the fact that somebody changing the logos on their social media becoming massive news stories is just so stupid to me. But he released a statement the other day saying, hey, stop overthinking this. I want to be a Cardinal. It was a picture of him in a jersey. He's like, I love my team. I love my teammates, whatever. I don't know about all that. But but the Cardinals, though, I think there's a variety of reasons why people have a hard time accepting them as a contender. But what do you think of the Cardinals? Are, are they anywhere in the mix? Is that a hot pick for this next year? Or, or, or is that just a smokescreen at this point? Well, Coulter, I think they will emerge as a hot pick sort of as we get further into the offseason and closer to the start of the new season and people sort of forget about how they finished this last season and people start to remember about that, oh, they have Kyler Murray and they have DeAndre Hopkins and they have Zach Ertz and they've got Chandler Jones and guys like Buda Baker. I mean, that's a stacked team. Sure. Is Buda Baker among the living? That was well, right, Dude, I, I don't mean to make light of it. That was that was terrible. I love Buda Baker. I think he's like the most new age NFL defensive player because he's this like this undersized guy that doesn't really play a position, but he suffered a horrific injury in the playoffs. It was terrible. Yeah, if if they bring everybody back, and I think that the Kyler Murray thing is pretty overblown. I don't think that he's. I don't think there's a way that he's not in Arizona next year. Or I think that the chances of that are, are much higher than people think with all this social media stuff going around. Can we pause on that just for one second? I've been scrutinizing Aaron Rodgers and his crybaby ways on the sidelines forever. I feel like I'm this man on an island. I never hear this stuff from the national pundits. Yet I hear the exact I hear the same criticism I give of Aaron Rodgers about Kyler Murray all the time. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of the why because I think there's definitive reasons why you can read between the lines. But it just kills me that this dude who's sort of this dual threat unorthodox quarterback gets killed by the national analysts because of bad body language and sort of a mercurial personality. And then a guy like Aaron Rodgers who straight up complains after every possession that the Green Bay Packers don't score a touchdown on. He seems immune to the criticism. It just it seems like a double standard. I think it's a little bit of a reflection, though, of just that team and the way that sure. that team has sort of collapsed at the end of these seasons recently, and I'm not sure that's on Kyler Murray. I think people have to ask some serious questions about Cliff Kingsbury, but I think that when you finish the season, I mean, 2-5 and five in 2020, 2-7 and seven in 2019, uh, whatever they were this year down the stretch, you know, where they, they collapsed from the, the last undefeated team to be finishing 11-6. and six. Sure. That's a repeating pattern, and that's what sure. you have to look at. Sure. And when you do that over and over, you know, it becomes easier to sort of question the body language and the attitude and everything. Well, I think the other thing that is really hard for the uh, quote-unquote experts to grasp is the Cardinals do play a completely different style than almost everybody in the league. On one hand, that's why they have success early and not as much late because a lot of times they have an element of surprise that then people kind of figure out. But I also think it just looks different than most teams in the NFL because it's not just the spread offense with this dual-threat quarterback. It's the fact that they're trying to play a college-style defense as well. That's why they have sort of these positionless players, excuse me, like Buda Baker, like Deion Buchanan, like Isaiah Simmons. They want... These And ironically, the dude who we're going to be talking about until the NFL draft now, for us here at Nuanas Now at, from Montana, is Troy Anderson. I actually think that one of the best fits from a scheme-only perspective in the NFL 
is Troy is Troy Anderson the Arizona Cardinals because he could be that cover linebacker hybrid, big nickel, big safety, you know, sort of flexing around, running with receivers. I actually think it would be a great fit for him, and it's sort of this regional place where you know there's direct flights to Phoenix, so people could actually he could actually have a support system that would be viable for the, them to see him. But that's here nor there. I do think the unorthodox style is one of the things that sort of makes the Cardinals hard for football purists to analyze. This Noir is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm having so much damn fun talking about the NFL. We're going to keep doing it. So we're going to take one more break. We'll come back around because i got a couple more teams i got big-time questions about, including the team that it's easy to forget was the number one seed in the American Football Conference. The Tennessee Titans were the, had the best record in the AFC. And then they fell flat against the Bengals. What's up with the Titans? What's up with a couple other teams I want to ask about? One more break, one more NFL segment. Keep it right here. It's Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. This is is what up, Montana? Welcome back. Do you want us now? ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Miss anything in the show today? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the Advocates. You can always call the Advocates if you're in an accident of any sort. The Advocates got your back. 406 640 Podcast also presented proudly by Sportsbet Montana. Got some good news with Sportsbet coming up, so stay tuned for that. We're going to do a little uh, series of watch parties upcoming, so uh, stay tuned. We'll give you the details when they're more solidified. Appreciate them for bringing you the Nuanas Now podcast. Time now for the final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Eagle Satellite wants to thank all current and former healthcare workers. They appreciate all you've done and all you continue to do. Call Eagle Satellite anytime, 406-728-9999 to get your free TV package starting with TV at just $57.99 a month. Also, be sure to ask about internet for $50 a month. Tomorrow, Krista Redpath will be here, but not actually in person. She'll be on the phone line. She's playing in a, or I guess her her AAU team that she coaches is playing in a sweet tournament down in Phoenix. Also, the much-anticipated return of our guy, Sean Rainey, from SWX Montana Television. Danny Sprinkle will join us as well. Montana State Headman's basketball coach and Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. A couple more things about the NFL. We only got about four minutes left. But Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Missoula, joining me. Let's talk about the Titans. The Titans have been a team that has gotten a lot of attention since Mike Vrabel took over, justifiably so, because they've been very good. 
They also have this sort of unique collection of offensive skill players that are definitely winning in the pregame and in the weight room. We talk about Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and Ryan Tannehill, definitely one of the buffest quarterbacks in the league too. But the Titans, despite having a defensive head coach and uh, uh, at least a quest for a defensive identity, were quite bad on defense for a couple years. And then they got it locked in this year. They were great on defense. They ended up winning 12 games. They got the number one seed in the uh, AFC. They beat a couple of the teams in the AFC that were other primary contenders. But then they lost on a field goal to the Cincinnati Bengals. So where are we at with the Titans? Are the Titans, should they be among the favorites in the AFC next year? Or is that a, a detrimental loss that's going to be hard for them to bounce back from? Well, I don't know how much impact the, the playoff loss this year will have on them. I mean, that was a that was a close game. It's not like they got blown out of the water. Of course, they didn't want to they didn't do what they wanted to do, scoring 16 points against Cincinnati, but I think they showed well in that game. I've got them, you know, a tier below uh the top contenders in the AFC. Partially because, man, the the jury for me is still out on Ryan Tannehill, and maybe he just is what he is. And clearly that's enough for them to win a lot of games. Is it enough to take them to the Super Bowl or, or to be on that level of contenders? I'm not so sure. Okay, so now we only got two minutes left, so I want to just go quickly. Give me a dark horse in each of the two conferences, and then I'll give you one of mine. Who's your dark horse in the AFC coming in next year? What are we talking dark horse here? Like absolutely a terrible team? No, no, a team that's gonna that has a chance to make a run at, at, in in the AFC. A, t- a team that has a chance to be like a top four seed that maybe is, isn't wasn't part of the playoff picture this year. Uh, Baltimore. That's a good one. My dark horse in the AFC is the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm riding with my guy Justin Herbert. He already took the next step. If they can take the next step in a variety of different ways to help him out, I think he's the dude, man. I think he could be absolutely in the mix with Mahomes and Burrow and all the other elite quarterbacks in the AFC. That was my second choice there, too. Yeah, I mean, they oh, they don't need to take a huge step forward, either. I mean, 9-8 and eight last year, like, exactly. they, they might have it going on. I mean, they win one more game, and they're in the playoffs. Right. So, they definitely have uh, some some ammunition. The New England Patriots, it's, just, it's ridiculous to say that they're a dark horse because they've been so dominant over the last 20 years, but they have a chance to take a big step next year as well with Mac Jones in the, fo- in the fold. When I look at, I have the AFC and the NFC up right here. So many of the best teams in the NFL are in the AFC, and so many are not in the NFC. That's what's yeah. crazy right now. I think that's just open feasting outside the NFC West in the NFC right now. But this is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm going to stand by it. My, one of my dark horses in the NFC is the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders, as it were. Didn't you say that this year? I did. Go- going into it, so you're rolling with it. I am roll. I just think that it, this year Chase Young and, and Montrez Sweat and Jonathan Allen all got hurt. I just think that they're so good on defense. No doubt. I'll give you one real quick. We got to get out of here. This will earn me a lot of local love. Seattle Seahawks, baby. Yuck. Gross. I hope the Seahawks burn in oblivion. It's my worst bias I got. Damn the Seahawks. Back at tomorrow, 4 p.m. We'll see you then. It's Now ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 